Shut up and sit down. Welcome to our episode of Business Bros. This is the nonsense episode where we get to meet the public and today we get to talk to Saul with the Legacy IR LLC group and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, soccer, his foundation and a bunch of cool different stories about why it is that Saul does what he does and why he's so passionate about helping people. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Enjoy the show. So I'm here with Saul. How do you prefer to say it? Like Saul or Saul? <laughs> no, it's Saul. It's Saul. Well, I, I can read it, Saul, but, you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> no. you get those weird, no. you know, everybody's like, hey, it's, it's Derek, but it's pronounced Derek. <laughs> no, no, no. Or A.A. No. Ron. I'm not. No, no, no. I, I usually get Saul, but it's actually Saul, so. All right. That's, that's All right. correct All right. pronunciation. Sweet. So, well, thank you for being on the, today's podcast with me. Oh, nice. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So. Um, I want to make this more leisurely, uh, funner type activity, just to kind of get to know uh, different people that I've worked with or, or people around me in my life, in my inner circle, and uh, hopefully we get to meet some of your peeps too. So uh, speaking of keeping it civil, what's up with those socks, dude? I love your socks. Oh, dude. My sock game was on point, man. Uh, my whole thing is I got to wear suits all the time, and you know, it's the French cuffs and the the bow ties and, you know, just to get, to get so cluttered, you know, in life. So I, I just have to, I just try to have some fun, you know. Uh, I deal with, uh, my, my, my industry, you know, you deal with a lot of sensitive issues and that's kind of one of those ways for me to kind of say, hey, you know what, I know I'm here for business, but I still got, you know, fun side to me. So that's why, that's why the socks, that's why my sock game's on point. <laughs> yeah, dude, I saw some cool ones. You always got food on your socks. I saw, I saw the Darth oh, Vader one. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always eating, man. It's funny. People are like, they're like, so are you on a diet? I'm like, no. Like, I, I work out. I wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, uh, rain, you know, Monday through Friday. I do like 30 minutes to an hour of cardio, 30 minutes to an hour of weights, depending on the day, right? So people right. are like, do you work out to be fit? I was like, no, I work out so I can eat whatever I want during the day and not feel guilty about it. <laughs> it's like, right? It, it's, it, it just takes a little life. bit of effort. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just, life is too short. <laughs> it's true, man. You You had some injuries recently, though, huh? Yeah, I've had a couple of issues. You know, as you get older, you know, I hit uh, my birthday just a couple of weeks back, and I hit that 39, and it was uh, I broke my thumb playing soccer because I still, you know, go out there and kick it around. I coach, and then I play soccer as well. But uh, I had some shoulder issues uh, a couple months back from uh, lifting too much. So I thought I tore my rotator cuff, but no, it was just, you know, just doing too much. And then uh, I had uh, the, the thumb a couple, like about a month and a half ago, which I'm still recovering from, but – didn't stop me from going out there and playing on Sunday. You know, we won our game three to two. I was playing goalie, and it's kind of hard to play goalie with a broken thumb. So what I do is I have a, I tape it up, I splint it, tape that up, and hopefully they don't kick it to my right side. You know, and if they do, I'm trying to not touch it with my thumb. So it's it's, Man, a, it's an ongoing so, recovery. So the only sport where you don't have to use your hands, and of course you're playing the position where you have to use your hands. You're right. It's like the hard. It's like no one wanted to play. So like I've been playing soccer all my life. I've been playing since I can walk. Right. So. I used to play center mid when I could run, you know, before I, uh, I hurt myself, my knees, but I have two bad knees from playing soccer all my life. And so I, I joined this, old, you know, this adult league, right? Cause I was like, Oh, this will be fun and everything else. And I started at midfield and forward and I was doing good. I was scoring goals, passing and everything else. And then 
we kept on having, like, no one wanted to play goal. No one wanted to play goal. And I just kept on getting tired of these people not wanting to play, not wanting to play. And I'm like, screw it. I'll do it. I pulled on my goalie gloves, put on my jersey. They're like, you know how to play? I was like, ah, a little bit. The first game, I'm, like, diving all over the place. And after that, they're like, you know, you're stuck in the goal now. I was like, I know. At least I got one, <laughs> I got, I got one full season into that team without having to play goalie. And now it's like I'll play goalie two games back-to-back on Sundays because other people don't want to play. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'll do it. And it's like it's a good cardio for me, you know, just get out there. It's 180 minutes straight soccer, you know, and it's, it's yeah, just playing goal. Yeah. People, people would think it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just sitting there. It's like, no, no, your heart rate's going up 24-7. Like the whole time your heart rate's like at 125, 130 because you're just like, is the ball you're coming? I cut off the angle. You know, it's like you're on edge the whole time, you know. Don't mess up, Saul. Don't mess up. <laughs> so That's it's, funny, know, man. It's fun. You, yeah. You know, until recently, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had any idea what you're talking about when my daughter started playing soccer. And so now yeah. I understand where the mid is, and I understand, you know, I understand yeah. where the goalie was, but now I understand even simple rules like what's offsides, and you know, it's it's dude, it's intense. I never I never look at soccer as an intense sport, but dude, I mean, you're on your toes the whole time. Oh yeah, plantar, I have plantar fasciitis issues because of it. You're literally on your toes the whole time, like, and it's funny, you know, we just had the World Cup, which is it's I I work, I work for four, four and a half. Three and a half years straight, I, I nonstop. I take some vacations here and there, but the World Cup comes on once every four years. I don't work for that full month. I'm like, don't call me, don't text me, don't email me during that time. I'm not answering the phone. I will literally sit there and watch every single game. That's just that's what I do, right? And, and so some of them are super like, early too, right? Oh yeah, I was up like at three o'clock in the morning working out. I sit like I had I put on my tablet, sit on the treadmill, and walk, you know. And then you know, in between games, I'd start doing lift lifting, and then. I was just doing my workouts in between those times. It was kind of funny how it kind of worked out. I'm like, but I was up early. Uh, I think the earliest game was at 4 o'clock in our time when the games would start. But you got to get up and stretch out and do everything else first. So it's like 3.30-ish I'm getting up just to, just so I can watch the games. And they were really good games. I mean, I think there was only one horrible game. I even forgot. It wasn't horrible compared to the rest, uh, compared to the rest of the games. It was pretty bad. But it was funny because you're sitting there, you're watching this game, and you're seeing how much, how much dollars are on that field. And I'm, when I'm talking the dollars, I'm not talking about LeBron James money. I'm not talking about Kobe money. I mean, these people make way more money than any other sport, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about people that are making $80, $100 million a year with endorsements a year to play a sport. And I, yeah. I laugh because, you, you know, you, you have all these parents, they want their kids to be professional baseball players, professional football players, professional basketball players. And I, I, t- I told my friends, I'm like, you do realize that there is a better chance of your kid actually being a professional playing soccer than any other sport in the world? And they're like, why? I'm like, look, soccer is the number one sport in the world. Uh, and as we, as we call it, we call it football. It's not football, right? So yeah. it's the number one sport in the world. Uh, the, the Paris midfielder at the age of 19 is making $20 million a year. Now, if you compare that to what Bryce Hyper was making at when he started as a 20-year-old, he was making like 400000 LeBron was making like $4 million. This dude who runs around the soccer field is getting $20 mil a year. I'm like, you guys are picking the wrong sport for your kids, man. Like, I'm just telling you this right now. And then I saw this video on, uh, on, on uh, Facebook where this guy is saying, hey, my mom doesn't even like – doesn't even know soccer, but here she's rooting for Mexico, beating Germany, you know, going all crazy. And then he's like, I did my research. He's like, we got it all wrong, America. Like, you got to get your kids playing soccer because they can turn pro at 16. You know, your kid can turn professional soccer player at 16. So instead of, you you know, worrying about stuff, like, you get paid at 16. So it was yeah, funny. Yeah. So it, it's, it, and, uh, it's an interesting one. My understanding of soccer also is, like, there's different divisions. Like, you, you your team can work its way up into, like, yeah. mainstream-type games, right? Yeah. So you – 
I mean, if you get if you get brought on, to, let's say, to uh, a Mexican, we just bring up the Mexican League. So if you are playing for Chivas, Pumas, America, Cholos, whatever team you're playing on, right, and your team loses, they can actually drop down. So they can drop down to a second division team. So oh. and second division teams that do well could come up to first division. So it's it's not one of those like in football or basketball or baseball where like if you suck, like you know my Padres are always fighting for last place. Even though this year we did really well, we didn't have the worst record in baseball. I was pretty proud of that. Um, <laughs> they, they're still they're still a professional team, right? Where in soccer, if you don't do your job, you can get dropped to bring up a team, an up and coming team. So that's that's the whole like it's not just like oh okay it's a, it's we have injuries we got we got to throw in the towel. No no no, it's the the worst team in that in that season or the both seasons the averages out get has to go down so yeah. and, then, and the team comes up so it's at least you have like that potential upside though right i mean oh, you yeah, can yeah. you can go from nothing to yeah. like something really good really well yeah i mean there, there's everywhere I, I just got back from uh, guatemala i'm not sure if you saw that on facebook i went to go do a donation out in guatemala to do my foundation and and i and i, I flew from I flew from Tijuana and we went to uh, to Chiapas, right? Pretty much, and Tapachula is where we flew into, but Chiapas is right there. And we get off, and the taxi driver is taking us to the border from Mexico, Guatemala. And I'm like, hey, I saw a bunch of soccer fields. I'm like, how how big is soccer here? He's like, our team just came up. It's going. It's it went from second division. It's going up to first division. We don't have the money to compete with the big teams, but I'm like, so is there a lot of people to go to the games? Like, oh, the stadium gets packed. He's like the stadium is just full, and you're walking through these, you're driving through these this countryside, and they're they're farmers. They're, they grow coffee, they grow, you know, all the, you know, our, our, um, it's all you know, very rural people. They're rural. There is no, you know, it's 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 one of those weird ones. And you're sitting there, and I'm like, how much can you really make down there? Like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll sell out the stadium. We'll be, we'll pack the house. They're, you know, we're building a new stadium for them because they came up. Uh, and we'll, we'll fit in like 20,000 people in there. And I'm like, how many people actually live in this community? Probably 20,000. So on Sundays, the whole community gets together and goes and cheers on that team because now they're, <laughs> they went from second division to first division. But it's, it's the cool thing about that. You know, it's soccer. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what's, what language you speak. Soccer is international, so you don't have to speak a language, but you can have that same camaraderie and say, hey, you know what? I'm not really a Chivas fan, but if I happen to get free tickets, I'll go root for your team because it's just, it's just a fun just sport fun. To, to watch. It's just really yeah, had, fun. So I've never gone, but I keep getting invited to the Cholos game. One of these days, I got to say yes. But oh, I heard it's dude, a full fun, experience yeah. from like tailgating oh, through yeah. the event, through the whole thing. Yeah. Oh no, that's an experience like you don't believe. Like you, you know, I, you, you wanna, you don't want to drive across. You really want to walk across. There's a there's a shuttle that takes you to the, the stadium. You you pay for that. You come back. They drop you off at the border, and that's it. But the whole experience of being at those games is just ridiculous. It is. It is a whole other world of, of playing, you know, playing and watching soccer. And I've, I've been blessed. I've been able to watch soccer games in, in different countries and everything else. But you, it, it just you can't beat that that environment. It's just it, you think football on Sundays is crazy. Watch, uh, go to a, a Estadio Azteca in Mexico City and watch the Clásico América versus Chivas, and there's a hundred thousand screaming fans inside mm. the stadium, and there's probably like three million outside screaming, watching it all the bars surrounding the stadium. So it's it's no joke. It's crazy. Dude, you gotta make sounds it. like a good time, it. though. Oh, it's a blast. It's a great time. It's, it's awesome. Hey, so. Tell me a little bit about your foundation. So, you know, um, I, I was born here in the United States, but I was raised in Tijuana. So for seven years, I drove across the border to get my education here in the United States. And my family's always been someone. My mom is a, a sibling of 15 kids. And my grandmother had 15 children. Wow. Two of them have passed already, so she's got 13. So 
they grew up really, really poor, as so did I growing up in Tijuana for, and driving across the border to get my education here for seven years. And I know what it is to go hungry. I know what it is to not have food on your plate. I know how it is to not have running water. I know how it feels to have an outhouse and not have, you know, a toilet inside your house, you know. Uh, it was it was outside, and if it, you know you're in, you're an eight year old, ten year old, and you're like, can I? I have to go pee, but should I? Like you just hold it, right? Because it's just scary to go out there. You think you're gonna fall yeah. in the hole? It's just you know all this crazy stuff. So I, I grew up that way, and luckily my father was a very uh, motivated person, and he's like, I I want better for my kids, so he forced himself to start his company and uh, invested everything into the company. That's why I had to move to Tijuana, and and his company got successful, and as he got successful. And the family got bigger and got more successful as a family. We just started donating, and we do a lot of events. And a couple of years back, probably about 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe, we started doing a bunch of events of, of organizing um, um, food drives and Christmas drives for kids in orphanages in Tijuana and, and different, village, different areas of the really poor ghettos in Tijuana, right? So uh, about 2005, when, when, when I, my business really started picking up, we started donating a lot more money. Um, and so as we started donating that, this, this thought process came about and saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm very blessed financially, and, and why not continue to pass that on to other people, and especially to, to, my, to my Latino community, right, especially where I'm from, from Tijuana. So we started, we started contemplating this, this foundation, you know, and it just, it, it just it needed someone to make it click. And um, a good friend of mine, her name is Haley, she, uh, she, she has her own foundation, and she does a lot of uh, stuff with uh, people in Guatemala and Honduras and everything else. And I, I talked to her, and she, I saw that she had, a, she had this thing going on where uh, Claudia, this little girl from Guatemala who was born with no leg, needed a, pro, needed a prosthetic, right? Um, and she told and Haley, I sat down with Haley, and I said, Haley, uh, let's sit down and, and see what, what's going on. Tell me about this. And then she was like, well, this girl, she was born with no leg. Um, she tries to help her mom. She drags herself on dirt floors to help her mom. And then she's like, but there's livestock, there's chickens, there's pigs, there's everything. So I'm thinking to myself, this girl is dragging herself through mud, through manure, through pee to help her mom do chores around the house. And then I looked at it and she's like, you know, in this community, usually by the age of 13, 14, they've, they've, been, pretty matched, they've been pretty much matched up and they're going to get pregnant. Going to college is not, uh, not going to happen. It's, re- yeah. it's, 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 re- it's not a viable option, right? So you, you do what you have to do. And I thought to myself, as an 11-year-old little girl, you have no leg. What, what kind of sustainable life are you going to live in the future? So I pulled out my checkbook, and I made my first donation. I told Haley, I said, you know, I know you have your foundation. I'd love to – I thought about this. I, I really – I would like to get this going. She's like, I will help you set this up. And I'm like, okay. So I pulled out my checkbook. I guess here's a here's – I said, order the leg. The leg was $6,500, all right? And she's like, really? I'm like, how much do you have? She's like, I don't have anything. I just I want to get this girl a leg. I said, here's, here's the first donation of $1,000. I said, order the leg, and within a couple of weeks, I'll get you another check. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, and I'll, I'll fundraise for you. So we started doing the fundraising side of it. A lot of people gave, you know, $200, $300, of My family members, all like, all my aunts and uncles, so it all adds up. But it, it just say, for example, in family members, it was like $1,500. So we were still short, and she fundraised a little bit. And at the end, um, some people said they were going to donate. And, of course, life changes, right? Life happens, and she, she had to leave to Guatemala, and she didn't have the money. And I was like, screw it. Here's a check. I gave her the check, and she's like, are you serious? I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but it's, it's good. And I, and I, made, I made it possible, and um, now the little girl has her, prost- her, her prosthetic leg. Uh, I saw her in my last trip to Guatemala. I cried when I saw her because now this little girl is living a fuller life. You know, 
She had never yeah. gone to school, by the way. So, you know, her she'd never been to school because who's in a, she couldn't get who's there, right? Who's going to walk her around, take so, her anywhere? Yeah. walk her around, right, yeah. So uh, this is her first year. She started, she just started this, this school year in Guatemala. So she's, you know, the, she was embarrassed because she's like, I, I'm going to be in kindergarten because she doesn't know how to do certain things. But, you know, Haley got her some DVDs to learn some certain things. We're, we sent a DVD player down there just so she could start learning. But she's, she's about to start school now because, you know, she couldn't do it before. And that, to me, is, is awesome. That was... Um, you, you see her That's and, a major and difference. You, yeah, you make a oh, yeah. huge impact, not just the fact that she can walk around, but the fact that you gave her a future. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it. I'm like, I looked at it as saying, you know what? I, like I said, I've been very blessed financially. My company is successful. I mean, we, we've been very successful in this industry since I started, but in the last couple of years, it's really turned around on, on everything that we do. And um, I was like, you know what? That was awesome. I, I saw her, and it was like I, I, I had – I saw her and it was like I had known her all my life pretty much as she was born. And it was like her mom cried, she cried, I cried, Haley cried, because this little girl is now going to be able to live a fuller life, you know? And yeah, so it, that to me, it was just, it was a, a blessing. And so that kind of jump-started everything to get a bunch of other stuff going with the foundation. And it's been, I mean, we, we, hit a, we had a number to hit last year on donations and we hit it uh, barely, but we hit it. And mind you, I don't fundraise for this, really. It's all my money for my personal production. So whatever I make, I donate a percentage of that to this cause. Whatever comes in for my override for my agents, I put a percentage of it to this cause. So it, it's, not, it's not money that I'm going and asking, hey, Hernan, do you want to do this and help me out? It's not that at all. It's my money right now. It's, it's, it's fully funded by my income. And, um, you know, when you, when you do that at the first of the year, you know, when people set goals in 2000, what are you going to do in 2018? I didn't set a goal of how much money I wanted to make. I set a goal of how much money I wanted to donate. And then I set a goal, this is how much I have to make in order to be able to donate this amount. And I, I, it's, I'm glad to say this, but I already hit that number for 2018, and we still have three more months, you know, this year. October is almost, you know, to me, October is halfway through, right? Because I know it's yeah. only the first week, but I look at it as always halfway through. But I still got three more months of donations to, to do, and I will definitely exceed my goal. And it's, it's pretty exciting to be able to do that because, Every time I give a dollar, I get $2 back. I give $4, I get, you know, $8 back. So I just keep on giving, and I just keep on getting more and more commissions than come in because, you know, my industry is commission-based. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's, it's great. It's just one of those crazy things. Like, um, we have a big thing that we're trying to push, uh, Haley and I, in the next couple of uh, – we have three years to build a clinic in Honduras. And uh, what we were originally going to do is I was going to put all the money. I was going to pay – I was going to try to fundraise and make enough money so I can pay $100,000 to build this clinic. Uh, out of my own pocket. But when Haley brought it to my attention, she said, look, we can use your donations to do other things, but we need to try to find other ways to do it. Um, with all the connections that I have, I've been, you know, talking to restaurants to see if they sponsor, if they'll sponsor food. I got my friend Gerardo from Nono's Italian in La Mesa, which is a great Italian restaurant if you ever get a chance to go out there. Uh, he said, so you put the, you figure out the event, I will donate all the food. And I'm thinking just his restaurant only fits about 38 people. It's a small restaurant. He's like, no, no, no. Let's go big. Let's go to the La Mesa Business Commerce. We do a lot of business with them and see if we can borrow their hall or the, VA, the VFW or something like that, and we borrow from them and, and do it bigger. I'm like, okay, great. So we, we're, we're planning on that for the first of the year uh, and sell, them, sell the tickets by the table, you know, and, nice, and have nice. like a da- dancing event and, and food and, and wine and everything else. And then, and then we're, the other thing we're looking at is trying to uh, – I have a lot of connections in the radio and radio, and one of my good friends is Andres El Feo from El Mano, El Bueno, El Mano, El Feo, 
it's the number one rated uh, talk show in Latin, Latinos, right? And, and he's a good friend of mine. And I said, hey, La Mala is from Honduras. You think she'd be interested in doing something like this? And he's like, Saul, if you're willing to do, let me talk to the, let me talk to her. Let's talk to the Raid Univision because he's on Univision. And I think we can plug you on Univision. And we set up, if you set up the GoFundMe account, what, you're, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm just trying to find 200 people out of the goodness of their heart to donate $500, okay? Now, the church, we're, the, not the church, the, the clinic where we're building this clinic at, it takes them about four days to get to a hospital. That's how remote this place is. Uh, they're indigenous out there. So we're building a clinic, and it's, it's, it, it, when I go out there in January, it's a three-day commute for me to get to this clinic where we're going to build it. So where one day of flying, so, yeah. So the fact that you're building it there. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you're building it there makes it just that much accessible. If it takes you that long to get there, just the people in that area have no other place to go. Correct. Exactly. So, and then the one thing with the Honduras government is that if the person goes to nursing school, for example, right? So, uh, we have a gal that she's she's just applied to nursing school where hopefully she gets in. And if she gets in, my foundation is going to pay for her three years of, of tuition. The one benefit of this is that once, if the clinic is built and once she graduates, the Honduras government, I don't, have to, I don't have to fund it for the supplies. They pay for the supplies. They pay her her salary. It's, I'm like, okay, great. So it's going to cost me, let's say, $113,000 to, to change a whole community, right? Yeah. And if you look at 113000 it's not that much. If you look at it, you know what it is because, I mean, right now, a new truck is costing you fifty grand. So, I mean, it's, you're looking at it, it's like the cost of two trucks. If you yeah, look at it yeah. that way, right? So it's it, to me, it's just like it's just a, it's a great thing to be able to just give back, and yeah, that's I what mean, kind of motivates me to do what I do. We live in in the richest country in the world. I mean, for us, yeah, you look at it as two trucks. For them, like you said, it's a it's a life changing, completely life saving, yeah. life changing, life giving environment that you're creating for that entire community. Correct. Well, I mean, I'm changing generations of of lives to come. People that were would have died from. Uh, a fever. Now they don't have medication to go somewhere close enough if they have, uh, so they can control it and then make it to the next, to the next base, big hospital. You know, that type of stuff is huge. Uh, I, when I was in Guatemala, we were, uh, it was a funny story. I made this donation for $6,500 to build. So where we were at, where we're at is it called in Malacatan, and it's at the bottom. It's at sea level, right? And we were driving up this steep volcano, which is like 16,000 feet up in the air, right? It's the, highest, it's the highest volcano in all Latin America. That just tells you how high we're, we're up there driving. And we, we, we purchased a truck for a family so they, can trans, so they can help the rest of their villagers and transport their supplies up and down the mountain because the person who was doing that was charging these people an arm and a leg. And, of course, I get it. It's, it's commerce. You've got to make money. Yeah. But there's a way of doing it and there's a way of not doing it. And I think the way he was doing it was wrong. And I was like, you know what, I, I'll do it. So I made the $6,500 donation. We went to the bank. We started pulling it out, and it was just a crazy mess up of how to pull money out there because it's, it's, it's not like here where you go to the bank and say, hey, I want 6500 bucks." They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We can only give you this much right now, and then we can give you this much tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm not here that many days. <laughs> I need now. So let's figure this out, right? So that's kind of that, that was kind of the, the weird one and how it kind of all worked out. But we got that all squared away, and I'm walking around with $6,500 in Quetzals, U.S. dollars in Quetzals, right? People down there don't make $6,500 in probably two years, give or take. I mean, yeah, and you're just make, carrying it around your pocket. And I'm just carrying it around like my pocket, like it was like nothing. So there's a picture of me on Facebook, and I have a backpack on my chest. It's not because I wanted to wear my backpack in front of me because I thought someone was going to mug me for my, you know, my cell phone or, you know, something. It was my passport. It was because I was carrying 
uh, two years worth of people's salary out there. Two years worth of people's salaries in Kessel just roaming around like that, you know. And then it's crazy because the bank teller, he's like, hey, my my dot, my my uh, my son has a cliff. Uh, he had a cliff lip, you know. And he's like, do you think you guys could help us with that? And Haley was like, oh yes, we can. We have people that will donate their time to do that. But I know that the type of surgery he required, he could he had to be a little bit older to get it done. So we mm-hmm. gave him the information. So we got another person to help out in that area in a couple of years. I think it's in two years they can have the surgery. So uh, it was pretty exciting. You know, the bank teller was there, and she's like, you guys do this? And we're like, yeah, we do this. It's just. And then she's like, so are you in charge? I'm like, well, I run my foundation, but Haley spends it for me. She, she finds ways to donate and help people, and I just kind of ride her coattails, and it's, it's a pretty cool experience on that. So it's, it's exciting. Just in case anybody knows, Haley's your wife, right? No, Haley's not my wife. She's actually – Haley is a – a friend from high school. Uh, we've known each other since high school, and it just she she started. You know, she's going for a PhD in uh, at UCSD, so it's um, she's going for a PhD in healthcare services and uh, in, in global healthcare. And so, and it's a, it's a really it's a really tedious uh, PhD process. She's been going for school for a long time to get this. She's going to be done this year, but she's devoted all of her time. I mean, she's thirty. She's my you're younger than I am, and she's devoted this to everything. And 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 she's just like I I, I know that. I've, you know, I've lost relationships. I could have had kids, everything else, but I'm just so committed to trying to make a better world that I, I it was worth it to me. And, and when I heard that, I'm like, you know what, Haley, you got me. What, you, how much you need? Where's my checkbook at? Let's write this out. Let's get this going. So, um, so she's running you know, your foundation essentially. She runs uh, essentially. She runs the foundation. She runs her foundation. She runs my foundation. And I, I tell her, she, you know, she just finds a way to donate my money in, in better ways than I would have, you know. So yeah, um, it, she, it's she knows how to make a greater impact. Thing. Yes. She knows how to make a great impact where it's, you know, like the family and the Claudia with the leg, the families that are going to be helped with the, the transport and the supplies at a cheaper cost, you know, they'll be able to, the, that family in particular will be able to send their kids to college, which it's very difficult to do out there in Guatemala. Most people don't realize this, that education in the United States is free from kindergarten to high school. In all of Latin America, after junior high, you have to pay. You have to pay to get into these schools, and you have to qualify to get into these schools. They won't just take everyone. Like here, you can be struggling in eighth grade. You, you pass, and you're getting like Ds, right? And you're like, okay, I'm going to high school, you know? Uh, down there, it's not like that. If you don't have the grades, you don't get in. So it's funny what we take for granted. Is, exactly. I, I tell people this. You don't even understand what you take for granted here because I grew up there, and I saw that, and I'm like, really? You're not going to school anymore? It's like, no, I didn't get the grades. I'm like, I have to wait till next semester to reapply and do some classes on the side so I can get in. I'm like, wow. And I'm like, and I'm asking, I, got a, a, I grew up down there, so I, I have friends. And I'm like, how much does it cost you for the university down here? And my friend on the phone, so we call him Poncho. He's like, you don't even want to know how much it costs. You know, his son was going to school in Tijuana at a very prestigious uh, law school. And then he decided to go that he wanted to learn, uh, go study abroad uh, to the this, uh, this school in Spain, right, which is really well known in Europe, this, this law school in Spain. And I'm like, Poncho, you know, so you're only paying for one tuition? He's like, no, I got to pay for both tuitions. Because if I don't pay this one, they drop them from this program. So I'm like, all right, so he's like, so I'm technically paying for two tuitions right now so he doesn't get dropped out of this program here in Tijuana. Wow. I'm like, See, and how is that thing, possible? Yeah. yeah. And, and at the same like, time, we got kids over here who don't are ditching class because you want to go out yeah. and drink or do something stupid. Yeah, drink or hungover or just like, I don't feel like going today because, you know, it's a sunny day. I mean, mind you, it is San Diego. So, you know, we always yeah. find an excuse not to do certain things. But, yeah, I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah. And I, and I know how much he makes. I'm like, this is just ridiculous how much how expensive this is. And here, you know, these people just take take everything for granted. It's just it's just kind of crazy. So, 
Dude, it's amazing to hear. I mean, this entire story is the reason why you get out of bed in the morning. It's why you're working out at 5 a.m. It's why you do what you do. What is it that you do, by the way? I didn't even ask you that. So I I own an insurance agency that deals with life insurance, retirement accounts, estate planning, um, and I I own the company. Uh, As of August 1st, I took over another agency that I used to manage, so I manage that company as well. And then with the intent that I will I will be taking over a larger agency within the next five years because I'm their succession plan. So I help families that if they need life insurance, I need I help families if they need to plan for the retirement. I help families with estate planning issues and tax issues, you know, for their estate. That's what I specialize in. That's that's my focus. And so we have um, we, I own the agency and uh, we have a bunch of agents that work underneath our agency. And it's it's one of those things that I I wake up I'm pumped for what I do. I get to help families, you know. Someone loses their loved one. There's enough insurance there to make sure that their income is taken care of, their house is taken care of, you know, mortgage, income replacement. Uh, if you, I have high-end clients that are, you know, high net worth clients that say, I have estate tax issues. When I die, I'm going to have to pay $2 million. My, my kids are going to have to pay $2 million in taxes. Well, how can we figure out how to do this? I help them find, you know, uh, ways to, to put money in certain accounts that will avoid those taxes and, I work with attorneys and accountants and CPAs to, to find better ways to manage all their funds so that that way they don't run out of income in retirement. That way, if they do die, their income is replaced with a life insurance policy. And it, when they do die, they still leave a legacy to their kids. So that's and their grandkids. So that's kind of what we, we specialize in. Awesome, dude. Let me ask you one last question, dude. So what advice would you give to an 18-year-old kid coming out of high school? I teach high school kids, so I'm always looking for... Yeah, you know, with kids, you know, with high school kids, you know, it, it, you know, if we're teaching eighteen-year-olds, it's saying, hey, you know what? It, it's it's really about keeping your head on straight. There, it's you know, look at a look at a horse when you're when you see a horse at Del Mar Fairgrounds, right? They they have their blinders on because they can only look one way. And as a high school kid, I would tell I would tell myself, hey, keep your blinders on. And I know there's going to be things that are going to deviate you, but come up with a game plan and try not to get too deviated because once you deviate too far. It's too hard to go back to school to do it. Um, it, it you, you could deviate yourself so far that you can do something that could cause you not to be able to go into a career based on DUIs, felonies, whatever the case could happen, right? Basically, life happens, right? You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. But if you keep those blinders on and just kind of just focus on your little path, it's the best thing you can do. And, and follow your heart because, you know, I don't go, I don't go to work. I, I go to fun. I don't go to work. I never, I never say I'm going to work. I go to fun. And that's why I wear my socks. That's why, you know, when I have my meetings and, and tra- get to travel to these conferences, and, and I travel a lot for work um, to my office in L.A., and then I, I travel a lot to, to, to other places. I mean, for these conferences I've been, I've, I've walked on, uh, on the field at Fenway Park. You know, I've seen my Padres play the Chicago Cubs in Chicago. So I've been, I've seen, I've partied with uh, Der- uh, 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 Dennis Rodman. I've, I've partied with him. I've partied with a lot of celebrities because of my industry. And it's, it's a fun thing, right? So I don't call it work. I call it fun because what I do is it's fun. So what I would tell these kids, keep those blinders on and figure out what you want to do and follow your heart. Because a lot of people want to be certain things, and they're just doing it because that's what society tells them to do. But that's not how life is. You know, if you, if you, if you do something that you're not happy with, you're never going to be fulfilled all the way, right? Money is, not, money is the root of all of evil when, it, when you look at it, but it also can be the, the root of happiness if you're, if you're able to manage it correctly and help other people out. So if you can... If you keep your, your head on straight and, and actually follow your heart and follow a career that you enjoy, everything is going to fall into place. That's, really awesome, what I, that's how I live by. That's absolutely true. Becoming self-aware. That's, that's actually really yeah. difficult to do. Many people don't become self-aware for a very long time, but 
But it's true. Once you figure out what it is that you, know, you are and follow that. You look, yeah. Well, if you look at you, like yourself, you know, you're a teacher, you, you get to educate this youth and you have the patience for that. I, that's not me. I don't have, I, I, I sometimes don't have the patience to work with my agents, right? Just let's, I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like little, they're my little children sometimes. Uh, but when, you know, with you, you, you get to mold these people in. And I know that you do a lot of stuff with, with real life accounting and financing and, and your math classes and everything else and say, hey, this is what real life is because they don't learn that. A lot of these schools aren't teaching these kids about life, how to balance a checkbook, how to, how to plan for your retirement, when to start doing that. They don't do that. I work with a lot of military people that even the military doesn't provide that for them. I have a lot of military clients. I have a lot of military friends, and they're like, no, they just tell us to put money in here, but they don't tell us, hey, if you put money in a, in a life insurance policy that builds cash, I can take out tax-free income in the future and live better than I would have, you know, than, than buying this brand-new Camaro or this new Mustang or something that's not that's going to devaluate in time, right? right. So I've been able to, to see a lot. I've been able to see people that are very edu- well-educated that still don't do that. I've been able to see people that are not educated and do that very well because they know the struggles of it. So it's it's you teaching those things in your class. That kudos to you because you're trying to get them ready. And, you know, like I said, these – I've, I've dealt with every, I've dealt with many people in different walks of life, and some people can handle it, and some people can't. But I think the sooner they start seeing this, the faster they'll they'll catch on, and they'll like like everyone, you know, life will make mistakes. But the sooner they start hearing it from teachers, people that motivate them, like yourself, and other teachers that do their job, and parents, and and successful business people, they'll they'll make mistakes, but they'll realize, hey, I made a mistake. I got to bring myself back into these to my blinder to my goal setting side. So. You know, I think that's huge what you guys do as well as educators. That's 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 definitely one of those things that I give you uh, kudos, especially with all the stuff that you teach. I see all the posts that you do with uh, with your class, and that's that's awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks. We're trying to trying to get the word out there as soon as possible, so they can make mistakes early or in a simulation yeah. rather than in life. You know. Yeah, that you have to. You know, I think I think one of those things that people should be asked is like credit card debt. You know, these, these young kids don't understand that. They get the first credit card. And I was like that. You know, you get your first credit card, you build it up 500 bucks. And you're like, wait a minute, I have to pay this back already? Like, how do I do that? <laughs> and that's one of those things where I struggled as a youth, right? I mean, I think everyone at some point has struggled with that in one way or another. But if I would have known that a little bit more of that, of that or talked to my dad about more that, about credit card debt, it would have been different. But parents are, and I've seen it in my industry, parents don't like to discuss these things with their kids because they're like, they don't like to discuss life insurance. They don't like to discuss death. They don't the financials because they're, they're they don't want to. And, and you have to. You have to have that conversation. Have so Absolutely. Yep. Awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right, if, uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, well, there's a couple of different ways. You can reach me in my, uh, via my website. is www.legacyir.com. Uh, you can also email me, whatever's easier. But all my contact information is on there. That's the best way. Um, to get a hold of me. Um, you can also reach me via my office number, which is uh, 833-534-2294, and my extension is 704. Perfect. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to, to come on the show with me, and no uh, problem, hopefully we can, uh, we can spread the word and you know show people how important it is to do things like you know, maybe they're not going to develop their own foundation, but maybe they you know can contribute to one, find one that meets their cause, that uh, tugs at the heartstrings and and get them yeah. going in the right direction, you know. I mean, we preach yeah. being of service to other people all the time, and it doesn't always necessarily need to be a profitable way because sometimes the greatest joy you get is helping people who absolutely need it, who can't give back to you. Just the fact that you're able exactly. to give it to them. So, well, the one thing, you. the one thing, you know, the one thing that I I want to mention is that with 
I struggle because I used to donate to, to a bunch of different organizations, and I struggle because I'm like, where did my money go? Just find the organization that you see where it's going. You, you, you feel like you're a part of it. You know, I'm involved. You know, get involved with that organization. Volunteer and see how they run it. So it's always a huge thing because the more you get involved, the, the better you feel about the people that you're helping. I mean, for us, it just might seem like $100, but $100 goes a long way when you're trying to feed the needy and everything else. So $100 buys a lot of rice. <laughs> and a lot of it does. It does. <laughs> hey, a meal's a meal, man. A meal is a yeah, meal. A meal's a meal, exactly, exactly. All right, brother. Well, thank you for your time, man. And uh, uh, always appreciate you, the post on Facebook. And I'll look forward to the, some new socks here. Bye, and I got a, I got a bunch of new ones for my birthday, so you'll be seeing a bunch of them coming up soon. All right, cool. Thanks, all. All right, all right thank Have you. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, you do the same. Bye, bye. Saul was a great addition to the podcast for the day, and I want to make sure I say thank you again to Saul for taking the time out of his busy schedule to come on the podcast. If any of you would like to be on the podcast, you can send me an email, hernan at csfirst.com. I'd love to uh, chat with you, see what your life is about, see what your business is about, and if uh, you got a cool story to share with the audience, I'd love for you to be a part of the podcast. Until then, that's all I got for you guys. Peace! And I'm out.